0: That's ChumbaCasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. BGW. void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Talk
2: shooting. Recorded
3: live. Greetings, welcome to today's broadcast of the live Sabbath services of I Saw the Light Ministries. This is Pastor Kim of I Saw the Light Ministries.com. We've had trouble connecting today, so over the internet and over the telephone, so. Let's give everybody time to call in to the broadcast and connect over the Internet. And we'll start here in a few minutes. Thank you for your patience. All right, let's do another song or two. New American Standard Book, page five. I mean, page eight.
2: For all things, for your sake, that good grace which is ready to the world, for people make cause giving and thanks for the real God. Therefore, we I'm
3: Go in prayer. Lord Heavenly Father God, creator of all things, our Lord, our King, our creator, praise and worship your holy name through Jesus Christ. Praise you, Lord Father God. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God, for all trial and tribulation which builds our character and strengthens us Help us to search for you. Help us to reach out to you, Lord. Help us to surrender to you, Lord. It's all in your hands, Father God. Thy will be done. Ask, Lord God, for your continued mercy and grace. Praise your holy name. We thank you, Father God, for this sunny day when it's not raining, the sun is out, and it's warmer. Thank you, God, for the warmer and drier weather. Lord, we miss Sister Brittany today, Lord, my wife. Miss her very, 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 very much, Lord. But I know, God, that you are with her, Lord. I know that you're in control. I know that she will be okay. I speak victory and good health in Jesus' name. We ask you, Father God, to please strengthen her. And help her and give her peace in her heart, peace in her mind, peace in her body. We ask, Lord God, that you restore her, strengthen her, bless her, Lord Jesus. She has stood by my side, even when all was against me. She stood with me and did not flee. She left everything to come, to be here, where you have thought her. To help me, to help this ministry, to be a part of this work for the kingdom of God. We know, Lord, that your in control and your mercy and peace will prevail. But there's one thing that we seek is that we dwell in your house that is in your kingdom, in your presence, in your spirit, forevermore without end, Lord. We have these trials and tribulations now, but there's a great day coming the great last day of the feast when we will be there. I am confident that those you have given me, my wife and Anthony and Crystal, will be there on the last day at the finish line. I am confident that we will be there. Lord, help us now, Lord press forward. Help us, God, with strength, with energy. Help us to press forward, Lord. Help me, Lord, to deliver this teaching today about the last great day. Help us with our food and fellowship and with the cards. We ask, God, that your will be done in all this for your help, your blessing. We pray that you will be blessed We pray that you be praised. We pray that you be glorified. And we pray that we be aligned to your spirit, whether we are at home, over the phone, over the internet, or in person. Our congregation is much larger than what we can see. Our congregation exists with people in New York, in Delaware, in other places, I know angels are very, very, very interested in these services too. I know the angels are extremely interested in this ministry and watching. We pray that they be blessed and edified as well. Not worshipped, but blessed, edified, encouraged in their fight. Because they are fighting a battle as well. We pray for Michael, the great archangel, that will stand for the people of God, that his hand be strengthened. We pray for the angels that must follow Michael, that they will stick with the right side, that they will stick with Michael, that they will stick also with king, Jesus Christ, and the Father God. One of these days, we're going to judge angels. So even now, we must start exercising our knowledge of angels, their existence, and our relationship with them.
0: Help us, Lord,
3: to see the spiritual realm mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Help us become mature enough to do this. We ask God for help with our weaknesses.
0: We ask for continued
3: purification. We lift up to you all those that are coming to the ministry website those that are reading the articles for the first time, those that are rereading, those that are checking it out again for second, third time, and more. Those that are coming out of Babylon, those that are coming out of Christmas, Easter, and Jehovah Witnesses, those that are coming out of the Catholic Church and Pentecostal Church, and all the other kinds of divisions of the Catholic Church in Babylon. We pray, Lord, that they continue to grow in the truth, in your word, in your spirit, in your power, in your will. Come all the way out of Babylon, all the way out. Help us to be the witnesses for America and for the world. Help us to be the witnesses to our families our friends, our community, our nation and to the world and to one another. Help us to be the light, shine the light of the body of Christ here on this earth. Let us set good example. Let us not bring shame to your name. Let us not take your name in vain if we use the name Jesus, if we use the name followers of Jesus, if we use the name Christ, if we use the name Christians, let us not bring shame to any of this. Let us not be found to be hypocrites. We're not yet attained. Lord, we're not yet attained. But that's a difference between being a hypocrite and someone that still has problems and weaknesses and that's not yet attained. Let us not be hypocrites. Help us to continue to grow. May your will prevail in us and your spirit prevail in us, Lord. Strengthen our hearts. Let our hearts be steadfast. Let nothing take us away. Let nothing take us away from the journey that we are on. Let, it, let nothing take us away, Lord God. May we endure into the end. Nothing to hinder us or walk with you. We pray for any homeless that may be around in this area. We pray for that dog that was lost yesterday that he be returned or go to a good home to be taken care of and loved according to your will, your will above ours. pray for our family, our friends, and all of our congregation, wherever they are. I ask for your help throughout the service And afterward, in a safe journey home as well, to the homesteads, that is. Through Jesus Christ we pray, it's all in your hands. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. In us, here on earth, in Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. May we see it.
0: Well, today is the
3: last great day. In the Roman Catholic calendar, it is October the 5th, 2015 AD. October 5th, 2015 AD, in the year of our Lord Jesus Christ. And God's created calendar is the 22nd day of the seventh month. 22nd day of the seventh month, that means it is the last great day, that last great day of the feast. A wonderful, wonderful day. In one way, it's a sad day because it's the last day of the feast. It's always kind of sad when everybody, uh, if we were still together at a campground in tents and spending every day together and everything didn't have to depart. um, It's kind of sad in that way. But since we left our tents a few days ago, that kind of helps us to adjust Uh, back into our normal work week uh, more gradually where it's not as big of a shot and everything. Let's turn to the book of Luke. Luke 23. That is not just a sad day. It's also a great day of rejoicing because it pictures paradise. It pictures paradise. In Luke 23, Jesus spoke of paradise. There was uh, Jesus was on the cross, at least two other men, probably a lot of other men on crosses all around them, but the Bible specifies about those two other men on the cross. All of these men would have been naked on the cross. That's the way they crucified people, including Jesus. Stand, laying up there naked on the cross. Uh, Because that's the way the Romans crucified people all the time. That's how they did it. So you can see the scene up there. And uh, the two men are thieves. And Luke 23, verse 39. Luke 23, verse 39. One of the criminals who were hanged there was hurling abuse at him, at Jesus, saying, are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. And he just mocking him. But the other answered and rebuking him, said, rebuking the one that said that, said, do you not even fear God? See, so we see people all around us today mocking God, mocking the truth, mocking these revelations mocking the revelations of God, do they not have any fear of God? Do you not even fear God since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? Are we indeed are suffering? And we indeed are suffering justly. See that man was like, you know, the two men they are at the altar and one one says, you know, how great he is, the other one says how bad he is, how he's a sinner and everything. This man is like that. He's saying, we are justly judged and we indeed are suffering justly, but we are receiving what we deserve for our deeds. For this man has done nothing wrong. And he was saying, Jesus remember me when you come into your kingdom. We know Jesus did not go into his kingdom that day because Jesus, when he rose from the dead, he told Mary, one of the Marys, do not touch me, because I have not yet ascended up to heaven to my Father. So he did not enter the kingdom in those three days. He did not enter the kingdom for another 40 days after he rose. Then finally, 10 days before before Pentecost, he rose up into heaven and entered the kingdom as far as heaven goes, that he is not, even to this day, in the fullness of his kingdom. The fullness of his kingdom won't come until the eighth day, the last great day, day of the feast. The fullness of his kingdom won't come until new heaven and new earth. When the devil is destroyed, when all the demons the fallen angels are judged and destroyed, then that will be the fullness of his kingdom. So this man was saying, remember me when, not today, not tonight, not tomorrow, that when you come in your kingdom talking about the future. Verse 43, and Jesus said to him, truly I say to you, I say to you today, comma, you shall be with me in paradise. Because commas was not originally in the scriptures. So if you put the comma where they put it, in front of the word today, then you read it like this. Truly I say unto you, comma, today you will be with me. But if you move the comma to the right place to after the word today, you read it like this. Truly I say to you today, you shall be with me it changes the whole meaning just by where you put the comma. You don't change the word off. So how do you know where the comma really belongs? Because there was no comma back then. So you have, The only way you can know for sure where the comma belongs is to look in other scriptures. When are anybody going to get to paradise? Why is paradise? Paradise was the Greek word for the Garden of Eden in Genesis 1. And that talked about a time when there was no curse, no thorns, no pain, no death. So when is that going to come? Again, no pain, no thorns, no curse, no pain, no weeping. Not until the new heaven and new earth. So paradise is new heaven, new earth. Jesus says, truly I say, he said, amen, I say unto you today, you shall be with me and paradise, and we know by documented history that it was it was a saying of that day and time when Jesus walked on the earth it was a saying of the time I saying to you today in fact there's other places in the Bible I can't show you right off where it's at but there's other places. so it's the same as we as we say today today we say uh, I'm going to tell you something right now. That's what Jesus was saying in the mannerisms of that damn time. I'll tell you something right now. i say something to you right now. Today, you will be with me in paradise. It's a promise, but he says nothing about today as far as it's going to happen today. Let's read about that paradise. Revelation chapter 21, verse 1. Revelation 21, verse 1. People think, some people think paradise is the first layer of hell. The very first layer of hell. There's a lot of people, the Catholic Church teaches that. Because they're still following these fables of Alexander the Greek. and. Dante and Plato, uh, all those uh, Greek mythological writers, uh, they're following that. That's not scripture. You cannot find anywhere in scripture saying that paradise is the first level, the upper level of hell. Or uh, a, uh, uh, what they call it, purgatory. So, if, I mean, you can't find in the scripture That paradise is a purgatory or an intermediate place or something like that. It's just not in Scripture. So Revelation 21, verse 1, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. This is the last great day. This is after the white throne judgment. It's after the wicked are burned in hell. It's after the devil is thrown in hell. I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth passed away. And there is no longer any sea. That's because, I don't know, it's a Verse <laughs> 2, And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready for a bride to do it for her husband. This is what Jesus was talking about when he said, I go to prepare a place for you. If it were not so, I would have told you so. He talked about having many mansions, that there be many mansions. That's what he's talking about. He is building new Jerusalem in heaven. That Jerusalem, that city, is being constructed in heaven. Amen. Coming down out of heaven from God, from Theos, Greek says, made ready as a bride, a door for her husband, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle, that word tabernacle is like the feast of tabernacles. The tabernacle of God, the tabernacle of Theos is among men. And he will dwell, or tabernacle, Greek word, tabernacle, among them. And they will be, shall be, will be his people. And God himself, Theos himself, will be among them. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And there will no longer be any death. There will be no longer any mourning or crying or pain. The first things have passed away. So that's paradise. No death, no mourning, no crying, no pain. Verse 5. And he who sits from the throne said, whole, I am making all things new. And he said, right, for these words are faithful and true. Then he said to me, it is done. I am, Jesus said, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give to the one who thirsts from the stream of the water of life without cost. He who overcomes will inherit these things. It doesn't say who he who is delivered will inherit these things, but he who overcomes, that puts the weight upon you. Because deliverance is something God does, overcome is something we do. This puts the weight on us. He who overcomes, it doesn't say God who delivers, but he who overcomes, he is talking about you. He who overcomes will inherit these things. And I will be his theos. And he will be my son. But for the cowardly, or King James says fearful, and the unbelieving, and the abominable, and murderers, and immoral persons, and sorcerers, and idolaters, and all liars, their part will be in the lake of bronze with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. And this death is death. First death is sleep. Jesus said about Lazarus, he is only sleepless. But this death will be death, unconsciousness and never to be risen again if they are cast into that lake of fire. It is eternal death. It is everlasting death. Verse 9. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls for the seven last plagues came and spoke with me saying, Come here and I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. And he carried me away in the Spirit to a great high mountain and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from Theos and having the glory of Theos. Her brilliance was like a very costly stone, as a stone of crystal clear jasper. It had a great and high wall with 12 gates. And at the gates, 12 angels. And names were written on them, those gates, which are the names of the twelve tribes of the sons of Israel, Manasseh, Ephraim, so forth. Well, actually, it wouldn't be Manasseh and Ephraim. It would be Joseph, uh, Joseph, Judah, Reuben, so on, so on. Uh, Joseph, then, bare forth, Manasseh and Ephraim. Verse 13, there were three gates in the east, three gates in the north, three gates from the south, three gates from the west. And the wall of the city had 12 foundation stones. And on them were the 12 names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. So the 12 tribes and the 12 apostles, the names are written. The 12 apostles, I mean the 12 tribes represent those of the Old Testament. And the 12 apostles represent those of the New Testament. 12 from the Old Testament and 12 from the New Testament. All their names are written in this New Jerusalem because they're all going to make it end to this New Jerusalem. This There's 15. The one who spoke with me had a gold measuring rod to measure the city and its gates and its walls. The city is laid out as a squirrel and its Length is as great as the width, and he measured the city with the rod fifteen hundred miles. Its length and its width and its height were the same, so it's fifteen hundred miles long, fifteen hundred miles wide, fifteen hundred miles tall. That's much, much, much larger than The nation of Israel today that fills up all of Israel not just the tiny city of Jerusalem but the whole nation of Israel and all of Lebanon and beyond be huge and 1,500 miles tall as well so you can see if it's 1,500 miles long and 1,500 miles wide and 1,500 miles wide tall, then it's got to be one of two shapes. It's either a square or a pyramid. Because pyramids pyramid can be 1,200 miles long and wide at its base. But it just goes up gradually, and it's still that tall. It could be either one. Maybe the Egyptians modeled it. There's after the Jerusalem. I'm not saying which one it's going to be that either one is possible. Verse 17. And he measured its wall, 72 yards, according to human measurements, which are also angelic measurements. The material of the wall was jasper in the city with pure gold like clear glass. The foundation stones of the city wall were adored with every kind of precious stone. The first foundation stone was jasper, the second was starfire, the third was uh, chancellor doni, the fourth is amyl, the fifth is Sardonic. the sixth is sardius, the seventh crystallite, the eighth is burl, the ninth is topaz, the tenth is crystal the eleventh Jackson. the twelfth amethyst, and the twelve gates. For twelve pearls. Each of the gates was a single pearl, each one. And the street of the city was pure gold, like transparent glass. Verse 22 I saw no temple in it, for the Lord the, the Almighty all, and the Lamb are its temple. Don't let the word and confuse you, because the Lord God Almighty is the Lamb. Uh, But John uh, many times visualized uh, God as two manifestations because you do have, right now, you do have the Father and the Lamb. They talk to each other. They see each other. They sit beside each other. You have that right now. But you don't have two beings. You don't have two spirits. You don't have two persons. You have two manifestations. You have two ways that God reveals Himself to John and to mankind. So don't let this refuse you to think. To think, don't make it. Don't make, Let it make you think that we have two gods, because then we'd be no better than the Greeks. Verse 23, and the city has no need of the sun or of the moon to shine on it, for the glory of the earth has illuminated it and its lamp is the lamp. The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. In the daytime, for there will be no night there, its gates will never be closed, and they will bring the glory and honor of the nations into it. That word about gates will never be closed refers to the fact that in the Old Testament, it said that the gates were closed on the Sabbath day. In the new heaven, new earth, it won't ever be closed because there will be no Sabbath day uh, on the new heaven, new earth because every day will be the same. You ain't going to have no night. You ain't going to have no moon. You ain't going to have no sun. The calendar will be done away with. There'll be no calendar. Every day will be the same so none of it shall pass away until, until the new heaven and new earth. Then there would be no need of calculating and counting counting days. Every day would be the same to the Lord then. Verse 27, and nothing unclean and no one who practices abomination and lying shall ever come into it, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Then he showed me a river of the water of life, clear as crystal coming from the throne of Theos and from the Lamb. And that word and in Greek can be translated as literally like 20, 30, 40, 50 words. You know, just like a wild guess. It's whatever you want to put there. It's like how do you determine that word? It's only like by the context. The Greek word for and can be uh, the word of. You can translate it of or from or part of or whatever. I mean, you can translate that as just about anything. So the word and does not really signify or prove that you've got truth. It can be translated as of. So it could be like if there's not even an end there. Verse 2, in the middle of this tree, on either side of the river was the tree of life. That is Jesus. John sees a vision, and this is a symbol for Jesus. Jesus is that tree of life. This is just a, a, a symbol in the vision. Bearing twelve fruits, yielding its fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nation. Jesus is for the healing of the nation, and there will no longer be any curse. And the throne of the oath and of the Lamb will be in it, and His bond servants will serve Him. They will see His face and His name on their foreheads. And there's no longer be nights, and they would not have need of the light of a lamp, nor the light of the sun, because the Lord Theos will illuminate them, and they will reign forever and ever. And the context for that is truly that we will reign without end. Verse 6 And he said to me, These words are faithful and true. And the Lord, the Theos, of the Spirit of the prophet, sent his angel to show to his bond servants the things which must soon take place. And behold, I am coming quickly, blessed is he who heeds the words of the prophecy of this book. I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things. And when I heard and saw, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who showed me these things. But he said to me, do not do that, for I am a fellow servant of yours and of your brethren, the prophets, and of those who heed the words of this book. Worship the years. And he said to me, do not fill out the words of the prophecy of this book, for the time is near. Let the one who does wrong still do wrong, and the one who is filthy still be filthy, and let the one who is righteous still practice righteousness, and the one who is holy still keep himself holy. The whole I is coming quickly, and my reward is with me to render it to every man according to what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who worship the robes, so that they may have the right to the tree of life. We know that in Matthew it says that many were bid to the marriage supper of the Lamb of God, but some showed up in clothes that were not fit for the marriage supper of the Lamb of God. We do dress up for weddings. We do dress up for funerals. It is very, 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 very disrespectful to show up as a wedding or at a funeral in shorts. People need to be slapped. sense, Common sense need to be knocked into their heads. We need to dress up for weddings, funerals, and for the marriage supper of the Lamb of God. We have got to have reverence and respect for God. He is not the mayor of the town. He is the king of all creation. We need to throw ourselves down at his feet and wake up to the reality of how we need to be much more, much more reverent to God. Blessed are those who worship their road so that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter by the gates into the city. Outside, meaning not, going, uh, not allowed to be in the city, are the dogs and sorcerers talking about unclean people and the immoral persons, and the murderers, and the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices lying. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things for the churches. I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright morning star. The spirit and the bride say, Come. And let the one who hears say, Come. And the one who is thirsty, Come. And let the one who wishes take the water of life without cause. I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, and if anyone adds to them, God theos would take to him, add to him the plagues which are written in this book. If anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, theos would take away his part from the tree of life and from the holy city which are written in this book. What it's talking about is to the translators of King James, New American Standard the NIV, New King James, Alpha and Omega Bible, when people are translating the scriptures, if they add their own sentences, if they take away sentences, if they add in false names of God, stuff like that, then he would take, this is not written just to anybody that's like say, trying to quote a Bible verse And they can't quote it word by word and you're afraid God's going to take your name out of the book of life. That has nothing to do with this verse. It's talking about these are written on a scroll. This is written in a manuscript. And if you're going to copy it down, copy it down accurately. Don't add your own sentences into it other than notes. Don't add to the word of God or take away from the word of God. This is a curse on those that do that. So that's what it's talking about. That verse says in verse 20, He who testifies to these things says, Yes, I am coming. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with you all. Amen. Let's go to John chapter 7. John 7.
0: John 7, verse 37.
3: Verse 37. John seven thirty seven. And Now on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried aloud, saying, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. We know Jesus said, take this cup and drink all of it. Take this bread and eat. Scripture says that if you do not do this, if you do not take communion, if you do not take the wine and the bread, then there is no life in you. There is no Holy Spirit in you. There is no Holy Ghost in you. But Jesus said, if you're thirsty, if you want life, Let him come to me, to Jesus, and drink. This is talking about communion. It's talking about coming to Jesus, surrendering yourself to him, uh, uh, drinking him in to you, allowing him to come into your life, into your heart, into your mind, into your soul, and commune with him, and sit down and sup with him. Verse 38, he who believes in me, but that word believes means much more than just a mental thought. It means to actually follow through, to believe and follow through, to obey. In me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. We read how in paradise, those living waters, the fountain of life, Jesus Christ, Will be with us. But even now, it's inside of us. If we are crucified and resurrected with Christ through water baptism and repentance, then that eternal life is already flowing inside us. And we've got to let it flow outward. What good is it to bother it all up? We have to let that flow outward on a constant, regular basis. And we need a continual in feeding. A river is not like a lake that is just stagnant and sitting still or a pond that sits still and gets lukewarm, that is not being stirred up. It's neither hot on fire or cold. You don't want lukewarm to sin. You want a flowing river. You want an inflowing and an outflowing to keep it crystal clear, to keep it clean, to keep it fresh, to keep it renewed. So that's why we need to pray. To read the Bible, to study the Bible, to come to services, to continue to be feeding on the Word of God, drinking in the Spirit of God, growing in the measure of the Spirit of God, and sharing that with the world, and not balling it up. That's why we need to worship God, praise God, share, testify, distribute flyers, and so there's lots of different reasons to keep that flow. To keep that flow, we don't want to be um, uh, bench sitters, right? Like Babylon church who thinks that's all they got to do is show up for services and that's it and do nothing for God the rest of the week. We want to be an active flowing church and that is what Jesus taught his disciples to go and all the things I've taught you to go and teach them baptize them. So that is what today represents. The new heaven, new earth, and paradise. That tree of life in the Garden of Eden, they could eat that, they could drink that, but not of the forbidden fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. That tree of life, Jesus, was there in the original paradise. It was there. Not just one tree of the forbidden fruit, but also the tree of life. So if that was paradise in the beginning and it's going to be paradise then, then that is what paradise is. Amen. Let us be grafted in to the tree of life. Let us eat of that tree. We eat of that tree, it becomes part of us. You are what you eat, they say. So if we're eating of the tree bark, of the pine tree, we take that pine into us. It'll be part of your breath. It'll heal parts of your body. it heal the cold and respiratory. Maybe we need to boil some pine little. Amen. Praise God. So, that when we drink of Jesus, He can heal us too. Mentally, emotionally, and physically, God can heal us. Amen. But he also works through the trees, the leaves, the herds, and through man and the wisdom he gives to man. He works in many, many different ways but it's not limit God. This is a great day to worship, to think about Jesus, to think about that refreshing waters, to think about how we need that refreshing water. Are we thirsty for more? Do we want another sip? Do we want to keep following God? Do we want to go back to the old? No. We are not not like those that pull back and draw back to perdition. We are not those that draw back to perdition. But we are those that press forward like that woman just pressing forward. And she was sick and there was a lot of people to stand in her way, plenty of people to stand in her way. But she didn't let nothing stop her. We've got to look at Jesus, press forward to Jesus. We can do that in Jesus' name, by his help, put our eyes on Jesus. Thank you for listening to these live Sabbath services of com. We'll be back on Saturday, the weekly Sabbath, every week at 2 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. You can listen over the phone, you can listen on the ministry website, I saw the light You can listen on talkshow.com. There's four or five ways you can listen, all that's listed on the website, I saw the light and it'll tell you all the different ways that you can listen to the broadcast, both live and in the archives. We also have a program Sunday mornings in Detroit Radio, Cincinnati Radio, and Wednesday mornings. And those are available on the Internet as well, 24-7 in the archives. I encourage you to spend some time on the ministry website. Over 100 articles there for you. They're not there for me so much as they're for you. I ask, I beg you, take full use of the equipment, the tools that's being given to you. It's just freely given to you. It's there for you. Use it. It's not there to hurt you or lead you wrong. It's there to help you. So I encourage you to use the equipment, the tools that has been given.
0: A lot of work
3: to do in a short time to do it. Let us be busy about our Father's business. Let's use our time wisely. Redeem the time. And let's be careful with our money and be asking and crying out and screaming out, what do you want me to do, God? What do you want me to do? He doesn't answer so much when we're like just carelessly asking. But he is a rewarder of those that diligently diligently seek Him, He is rewarder of those people. He's not going to answer so much to the lay sin, that if we are diligently seeking Him, diligently asking, diligently seeking His will, He'll give us the answer. I've, I've been putting stuff on the newsletter. I don't always send notifications out through text message and email. I encourage people, even if you don't get a notification, to check it out every night, every morning, either night before you go to bed or morning when you wake up or something, check out the newsletter uh, to stay. Because uh, I don't want to send out, like, a notifications at 2 o'clock in the morning. I don't want to send out notifications at 7 o'clock in the morning. So I cannot always send out notifications. So I ask you to be consistently checking out the newsletter so you can stay up to date. Purpose and point of the newsletter is to give you all the evidence you need of the prophecies coming to pass, fulfilling Bible scripture, fulfilling what the Bible says about the Assyrian, what it says about God and Agog, what it says about all the different things how that points to all the revelations, proves the revelation. It's there as evidence. It's there as proof. It's something to help us. So why not use it? Can to pray for one another? Pray for my wife, Brittany. And, uh because oh, she's very sick and under the weather today. I love her very much. Uh and uh we uh we'll be right back next week, same time, same channel they say. So I wanna make sure I got everything said. Alright. So all of this in Jesus' name, amen. one of these days,
0: learn this new 18- plus.